What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Pohada Podcast. No sponsorship silliness and no silly shoutouts this time. I just want to tell you about Tap Cancer Out. It's going down June 12th here in Minneapolis. It's a fundraiser for good stuff. You need to donate. My guest this time around is my good friend of mine who just started training jujitsu and is competing and raising money for Tap Cancer Out. A link to his specific fundraiser will be in the show notes or go to tapcancerout.org. Select Minneapolis under the event and please donate. If you don't, you're kind of a jerk. Without further ado, my friend Ray T. Law in honor of Tap Cancer Out. First question, Ray T. Law. Are we starting? Yeah. Oh. Have a drink. Um, okay. It's going to be a long first question. Why the fuck am I having a white belt on a jiu-jitsu podcast? It wasn't that long of a question. I would guess so people uh, know what it's like to start. That's actually a good answer. What's the other answer? You're doing a charity competition. Oh, I've, yeah. I've ranted on this podcast about how athletic competitions, by and large, should have a charitable bent to it. Yeah. What's the point of lifting weights or fighting people without also raising money? Yep, I would agree. Which one are you doing? Uh, tap out cancer. Just tap cancer out. Tap cancer out. I think so. I think that's it. One of the two is right. Yeah. The mission is the same nonetheless. Correct. So you're raising money for that, huh? Yeah. June 12th um, in Minneapolis. There's a link in my Instagram bio if you want to donate. Fantastic. What's the Instagram? Ray, R-A-Y-T-L-A-W. Ray T. Law. At Ray T. Law on Instagram. And I'll put the uh, link to it in the show notes. Ooh for this as well awesome thank you and on social media we'll blast it because again what's the point of all this nonsense if you're not like doing a greater good thing how are you gonna do in this tournament my goal is to not die um it's single elimination so i I hope to do more than one fight yeah that's that's the goal for the the tournament is more than one fight see my goal would be the opposite. I'd be like, all right, I raised 1200 bucks and I lost that match and now I get to go home. But that's my mindset. What are you going to do? What's your game plan? Game plan. In case the person you fight hears this beforehand so they know what to look for. A very violent throw to start the, uh, start the match. Yeah. And then hopefully that just takes the will out of them and get to the side control and we'll do the only submission I know. <laughs> Just stay inside control. Stay it's nothing else, right? No, I'm going to go for that paper cutter choke as soon as I get there. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I mean, if you get a takedown and then you maintain control, he wins, right, Polly? Is that how jujitsu works? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a uh, real seasoned competitor. Yeah. No one in this room has competed in jujitsu, so let's talk about competing <laughs> in jujitsu. <laughs> uh, what's your throw? Do you know your throw? Uh, it's a single leg. Well, it's more of a takedown, but right, then sure. with a trip, yeah, a trip behind and pull them into me, get that leg up and then let their body weight and a little bit of force suck the life out of them when they hit the mat and I go full meathead and just force it to happen. Yep. I love it. It'll work against another white belt. Hopefully once the thing about jujitsu is people learn shit so fast. Like you do something on somebody and then like that's them learning that thing and right. then it never works again. Now you got to learn more shit. That's the problem. I don't know enough. Well, neither does the person you're going to go against, which is fantastic. Balance. 
should be fun. Yeah, totally. I wish we could have fans there, but have they not loosened that? No, they're not. It just yeah. says no. It's still. I looked at, before I came here and said no fans at any events. Yeah, and yeah, the most recent ones that have happened in the other cities have they've stuck to the. It's probably smart. Just avoid the chaos and confusion. Yeah. Ray, why'd you join jujitsu? Why'd you start training jujitsu? It's always uh, been on the top of my mind, and then I got a beer uh, with this big bearded guy. You and uh, told him I was kind of interested in it. I had no idea you were doing jujitsu at all. You didn't? No, I had no clue. So it just came up. It did come up organically in the conversation, but I figured we were bound to go there. Yeah, just, just given my intense interest in it. I had no idea. Oh, weird. Oh, that's kind of interesting then. And then uh, we sent a picture to Ryan of me in the background and Matt flicking him off, and I was there the next day. Yeah. Do you remember the the sentence I said that caused you to pick up your phone and fill out the request information form? I do not. You don't? I remember like every conversation I ever had. Maybe that's why I like <laughs> podcasting. Uh, you were talking about how you had to legitimate, you came home to a door kicked in last summer Yep. at your house relating to all that nonsense last summer. Yep. And you legitimately had to clear the house, clear the house. And anybody knows what that means, knows what that means. And the tools involved. And then later on in the conversation, we were talking about your training in that regard. And I said something like, so everything up to that worst case scenario that you're really well prepared for, then what? And yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. And you reached over to your phone and picked it up because it was like a realization like, yeah, I'm good in when the situation is really bad news up to that point, what's my ability to control a person or defend myself hand to hand kind of thing. And yeah, you kind of stared me directly in the eyes, reached over, grabbed your phone and filled out the <laughs> request for information form right then and there. Yep. And Ryan texted me within 32 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when we sent him that dumb picture yep. of me flipping him off. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, by the way, we call him Randy on the podcast. Okay. Randy. How's it been going though? Was it, what was that like a month ago? Two. Two months already? Yeah, it was like the first week of April. Wow. Because I, I trained for a little bit, and then I had to go to St. Louis. It was like two weeks. Yeah, it was the first week of April, and then, so it will be eight weeks here, I think, this week. Nice. I love it. I mean, I'm addicted. I'm doing like 10 hours a week. Yeah. feel so. like clicking them stripes real quick. <laughs> that was my plan, don't too. Don't chase Just, belts. Whatever. <laughs> chase hours of training, and they give you stripes and belts and stuff, you know, partly based on that. That's the same thing I did. As soon as I signed up, I'm like, all right, cool. If I'm paying them money, I'm going to be here as many hours as I can yep. and get as much out of this as possible. I've been uh, drilling with uh, Siobhan. Do we have a nickname for him? His name's Siobhan, so uh, that's a nickname enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, doing privates with Marcus and then doing normal classes six hours a week. Yeah, the the uh, essentials classes and stuff. Yeah, I try to get to essentials yeah. three, three days a week, and then I try to go to the eleven three days a week because then it doesn't cut into family time. Right, right. Eleven uh, open roll Tuesday and Thursday. Is that when you're there for that? Uh, no, I do the uh, intermediate all oh, levels right. at eleven Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then after my privates with Marcus, I go. I do the open rolls if. I was there on Friday for the all levels. We didn't roll though. I wasn't because I strained my oblique on Thursday, but we're good to go now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't yeah. even get out of bed on Friday. Weren't morning. you there on Friday when I was there in the morning? 
but we just like missed each other. I thought we were talking. That was that was uh, Tuesday. Ah, uh, one of those days. Because you did open roll and you asked me why I don't just stay. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I remember every conversation I have. Yeah, you should do a podcast. <laughs> uh, what do you like him best so far? Um, I I love competing. I just it's that's fun to me. I like that part. Um, the the biggest thing is I like there's there's no end. Ever, and so that that's really appealing. And like I was telling Ish the other day, is I love the daily dose of humbleness. Totally. Oh, I, that's like one of the favorite parts. Like I was saying, once you get the hang of something, you've got the hang of something on somebody, and that means they kind of got the hang of it too, and onward it goes. Right. You equated it one day. You went and showed up for comp training one day, like on a Sunday or something. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> you, you said even including a 50-mile run that you did. Yep, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. One of the hardest things you've ever done. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely roughly my experience in some of the more intense sessions intense roles is like because it's, it's such a, a broad expansive set of movements of motor developments that need to happen and it's so physiologically demanding yeah the, like mentally i was more tired than i was physically when i like got done like it was gassing out like in the middle of the training but when i got home like i had to sit in my truck for like 15 20 minutes to just be like what just happened and why am I so like mentally tired? Yeah, it's more thinking than you do. Yeah, certainly under a barbell, right? Yeah, you don't. Barbell's have to, pretty simple. Yeah, you don't have to think, and we're designed to run, so there's right. no thinking there either. Right. What else? Tell me about it. About comp class? Anything? I mean, the other thing too is like how nice every single person there is. Like, I haven't really ran into an asshole. Or like anybody with a big attitude, and that was that's been super refreshing too. And like everybody there is like trying to help you get better, which is kind of like some of the other avenues I've been in where people are super helpful. But it's like to the tenth degree of it's almost it feels like the other people you're rolling with, your training partners, want you to get better sometimes more than they're working on themselves getting better. I've noticed that with like the higher belts. Why do you suppose that is? Because they know how frustrating it is to be a white belt. God, it's a good answer. That's the second good answer. Uh, that isn't the answer I had in mind, which makes me question my answer. I was going to say it's because they know they can fucking kill you. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're practicing hand-to-hand with someone who will have zero problems with you. So the most benefit that's going to come out of that interaction is you getting better rather than them getting better. But also, yeah, they've been where you've been. Well, and the, I think it's kind of like the circle of life kind of thing where if I get better, theoretically, when I'm better in a year, I'll help make them better as well in a year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody's always getting everyone better, even if you're slack-ass compared to a seasoned veteran, you know? Right. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm addicted. It's my new drug. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody listening to this just nodded their head. They're like, <laughs> yeah, man, we get it. I don't get like, so I've, I've been uh, dabbling in YouTube and like reading people's blogs about it. And it, I can't grasp why most people who start jujitsu quit when they get a blue belt. That's like the, it's like 70% of people who get a blue belt quit. It's one of those hard known facts that just doesn't make sense to the people who didn't quit. Right. Well, I'm not even there and I can't comprehend why yeah. you do that. Yeah. 
And that's maybe the difference. Like, that's why you'll have a black belt in a decade. It's a long time. Oh, yeah. I was. It's not, by the way. Well, I know. But I was, like, trying to explain. So, my wife came on, oh, yesterday. I did essentials and Sutton did the kids class. Mm-hmm. And she was watching, like, because we did some live go situational stuff. And she's like, why do you like that? And it was hard for me to try to, like, because she's competed in different things. And yep. I'm. It was hard to be like, I like the fact that the humblest part. She didn't get like, why do you like, you know, having to tap on someone before you black out? Yeah. Why, like, why would you like getting your ass kicked? Right. And she was like, I'm like, well, because eventually I'll be the one doing the ass kicking. And it like, there's a lot more new people I feel like have signed up in the last week. And I noticed yesterday it was like. I could kind of start to do the advice RJ gave me is like when you're going to train with like train with somebody who you can work all your offense on that is zero threat to you and you can just work offense then work with someone who's like a 50 50 with you and then do your third role with somebody who can just murder you and he's like because then you can work defense you can work offense and you can actually see where you at you are with your peers yeah it's a what's a plus minus equals idea Work with someone better, work with someone the same, and work with someone not as good. Yeah. And I found there's a couple people now where I can actually work on offense and not just worry about keeping my elbows into my side and keeping yeah. somebody's elbow off yeah. my throat. You can reach for a grip without getting flipped upside down yep. instantaneously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like actually start to like get an arm bar in. Well, and that's that's the answer is everything that person yes the answer to your wife is everything that person just did to me is stuff i'm going to try on somebody else and sooner or later it's going to work and then they're going to try it on somebody and that's going to work and everybody in the room is better for it yeah and i it's the other thing too is like i don't know like people you know marcus asked me for before one of our one-on-ones he's like what's your game (laughs) not die (laughs) play defense (laughs) my game he might have been joking. No, he probably wasn't joking. Because it was around, like, what do you want to try to do? Yeah, yeah. And, and he gave me some good advice for first time competing since we talked about that a little bit. He's like, mm-hmm. you need one submission and just do anything you need to to get to the position where you can go for the submission. Yeah. And I was yeah like, you can't be thinking back on the last two and a half months of essentials classes and all the techniques you've bumped into and be like, Hopefully I recognize the moment where I get to do one of those things. You got to be voraciously going to one position for one thing. That Side makes... control for Kimura or paper cutter. If the paper cutter doesn't work and they bring that arm up, go for the Kimura. Yeah. Yeah. And then just go back and forth until you get one. Go for the paper cutter when they reach up like a big sloppy white belt, blue belt, and then take advantage of that arm and, <laughs> and go. Yep. So that's what I'll be drilling this week. We'll we'll bleep out all the actual answers to that just <laughs> in case the person you face listens to it. No, I, I I like that. I want them prepared. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ, this guy. Being a challenge. <laughs> I just I realized all that running around I did this morning, fucking brutal hot. My AC doesn't work in my car, so I'm just so thirsty. Oh, you and my wife can play her world's smallest violins together. Hers is broke too right now. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm grateful for the water, you oh. fuck. 
That's going to come back and hurt me next time we roll. Maybe next time. You've been ducking me for weeks already. Have we drilled together? Yeah, we did. When I had to, I don't, I don't know any of the names of any of the moves where I had to jump Neither on your back like, you're, like you were my horse and I had to throw my legs up around you. Yeah, yeah. It's called a back take from half guard. You did it from half? Yeah. Hmm. Sounded pretty good, right? Sounds like the right answer. I don't think I was at that one. Damn it, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no help right now. Um, you referenced other avenues. Tell me about other avenues. You talk about like physical competitions and stuff, huh? Yeah. Um, used to dabble in powerlifting. Um, I know you from powerlifting. Yep. That's where I know you. Yeah. But I don't know anything about your powerlifting. Were you pretty good? I. You. You, you seemed like you were refing and kind of on your way out by the time I was regularly bringing clients in. So back in like oh seven, um. I was getting decent. I was gonna do. I was gonna be a part of the, the quest event at the Arnold. Yeah. Um, and was this was this pudgy Ray? Oh, this was Fat Ray. Yeah, fat like two two seventy five Ray. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, son. The heaviest I ever was was a, a biscuit under three bills. That's that's a thick boy because you're not a large framed <laughs> no, man yeah. necessarily. Damn. How, how tall I didn't are know you? That. Five seven. Oh baby, <laughs> I was strong. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. That's <laughs> and that's the the ridiculousness of powerlifting is you get fatter, you'll be stronger right then and there. So then you keep getting stronger and fatter, and it's a really negative uh, feedback loop. Yeah. <laughs> this is horrible for me, but it's working. Yeah, I can bench <laughs> ten pounds more than I used to. And all I did was eat, eat a little more, eat biscuits. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Um. So did that, and then so in training like an idiot. Um, I was, we had a bet going where we were training who could do uh 225 per hand for farmer's walks for distance for, and popped a couple tendons in my hand and really, yeah, for the next two weeks, couldn't even hold like a glass of water in that hand. Ugh. How far out from the meat was that? Oh, two weeks. Oh my God. So I had to drop out of the Arnold my one, That's, my one time to shine. Yeah. Right. That's the show, man. That's depressing. Um, and then, when like a month before the Sutton was born, I was walking around at like two sixty five, two seventy, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so I instantly that's when I started to cut weight and then when I dropped it all I got into like running marathons and ultra marathons. Uh dabbled in a, I did a couple of different CrossFit competitions. Um and was just trying to kind of find what I wanted to do. So I think jujitsu is the the what, and then the other training is just you know, to look good naked and stay strong because that's the only thing I'm probably good at right now. Jujitsu is my grips. Yeah, yeah, same, <laughs> same. Yeah, grips, and once in a while I can hold an elbow down to my side with said grip such that I'm not immediately getting choked. Yeah. Correct. Well, and, but and all of that stuff will feed into overall speaking. You're coming in with a pretty high fitness level relative to most folks. As a matter of strength, as a matter of cardio capacity, most people are relying on that first year or two of jujitsu. It seems like to build some of that stuff. You know, if they're ten years out of their most recent athletic endeavor or never had any, you know. And that's what I'm hoping uh, plays into my advantage as a masters two white belt at uh, the competition. Is that <laughs> seems like pretty good odds, but man, you never, you never, you never know who ends up across from you. So yeah. 
that's that's my that's my hope what's the most impressive or craziest race you did you did a few didn't you uh my favorite favorite's probably grandma's marathon um why i grew up in the twin twin ports sure and uh it's just it's a fast course and three and a half hours and you're done uh most impressive was the 50 mile trail run i did in squamish british columbia um it's like 20 miles south of whistler um so training for a mountain run living in minnesota <laughs> not the easiest feat to do um what's our highest point like a thousand or eleven hundred feet in this state yeah i have no idea i would just go to afton yeah that'll do it and run up and down the ski hill or go to whatever the one in bloomington is and run up and down the ski hills and right. for a couple hours and hope for the best hope for the best <laughs> and it was uh the uphills weren't the problem it was the sustained descents for three miles at a 30 degree angle yeah and the quads destroyed yeah about mile 26 again born and bred in minnesota hadn't really thought of it that way but yeah i bet that is pretty gnarly yeah when was that uh 2000 19 tough, tough to tell with 2020 man yeah 19 everything everything was either two years ago or five yeah. i'm not even sure at this point i'm 90 percent <laughs> sure it was 19 <laughs> that's so stupid you can't tell you're like what the hell because yeah last year was a wash yeah and then i'm yeah i'm I'm gonna say 19 yeah so pretty recent yeah it was fun it was what it was fun oh it was why is that fun I'm a, I'm gonna pull the wife's line. What? Why do you like that? Well, it was like 13 hours of running through the mountains. Like there was. Grizz- Let me repeat the question. Why was that fun? Because it was an adventure. There <laughs> yeah. was like grizzly bear sightings on the trail, like the day before. Oh, that's cool. I mean, um, in, in a way, <laughs> it was just. Is it cool? <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> like some of the views. Um, I don't know. British Columbia, I think, is one of the most beautiful places on the earth, like on the Pacific side. Sure. I've never uh, never been. That's cool. Whistler was a pretty cool place. There was a professional downhill mountain biking weekend going on when we were there. Um, the day we went up to Whistler, because it's where the Olympics were, so we wanted to see like that kind of stuff. And uh, we were, got a table, drinking beers, eating, watching like people bomb down a mountain going... 65 miles an hour on a mountain bike like clearing like 30 foot gaps i was like nope that's that, brutal but they think it's fun yeah <laughs> is it though <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you have you been in northern california and seen one like in marin county uh-uh. and those bikers are coming down the highway no at like 60 miles it's insane i've hit 60 miles an hour close to it on my road bike but I always rode the brakes going down the driveway as a kid. Like, <laughs> I'm not messing with any of this. Yikes. That was good, Polly. You're getting good, man. It's just dropping knowledge yeah. bombs left and right. <laughs> hey, so when I think I was there for your first class, and you mentioned that you had some buddies that, uh, that practiced jiu-jitsu, like one down in Texas maybe. Yep. And then how, how long have they been doing it and like have – did they help like get you into it? Is that kind of how it started? I know Matt ultimately pushed you over the top, but yeah, I mean, um, JP, uh, he's one of the people who's 
since I've got into it has been like super pumped about me doing it. My boss at work, um, is big into jujitsu. So if my lunch goes a little long, he gets it. He gets it. Knows the game. Who's that? Give him a shout out. Mike. Mike who? I don't, I don't want to burn his, uh, burn his cover for letting me slide. So yeah, yeah. fair enough. Mike. And then bleep that out too. And I mean, just to listening to like Jocko talk about it and like I listen to. Yeah, it's pervasively talked about in enough circles. Yeah. And like Joe Rogan yeah. like talks about it all the time. And I was like, there, there's got to be something to this. And then, yeah. you know, our conversation and now I'm. Addicted. Yes. To use your word. Yeah. Addicted. Was It, it was a couple of years of thinking about it, though. I feel like we talked about that because I was that same in that same position of. If I would have joined somewhere, started training jujitsu, I'd be two years ahead of where I am right now. Like if I had joined when I first thought, hey, that's actually pretty cool. I want to try. I'd be about five years in. Yeah. <laughs> what's with that, by the way? What What's with what's with the pause? Like that seems like be a normal human thing. It certainly is for me a lot of times. I, well, I think it's the same reason. I, well, I the reason I didn't I didn't know where to go. Like. Yeah. Uh, Brian Berkland trains at the cellar, but that's like an hour from my house round right. trip. And I'm not right. going to do that. Um, it's just, you know, you see some like YouTube videos of, you know, black belts who I think I could tap out right now. And it's like, I don't want to do one of those. <laughs> and there was a couple gyms. I like, even before we met that I called, I, we kind of, I'm not going to yeah. yeah, throw yeah, anybody yeah. under the bus, yeah, but okay. like the, the vibe there, I was just like, I don't want these these are right. douchebags. I'm like, right, right, right. Um, and then, you know, when you brought me to M theory and then, you know, I asked a couple of people who, um, know jujitsu and they're like, Oh, he, he trained under Pedro salary. He's like, you're good to go. And, uh, another buddy was like only killer is trained there. So I was like, I, I must be in the right place. Yeah. That, that's how M theory was sold to me. I did the same thing where I knew people at certain places and I talked with them several times about where to go and why and sought out a few different places. And I had nothing but mostly positive experiences across the board, but, uh, the way I think it was Claviter, Chris Claviter said, cause I was like, I'm closest to like two or three specific gyms. And he said, well, if you want to be a savage, go to M theory. And I was like, I don't, but that sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like the place. So that's where I went, you know, and it does seem not even as like an endorsement or anything, but it does seem to be the place that is currently attracting maniacs, you know, more bodies than, than ever. And a lot of nut jobs. And I mean that in the most positive way possible. Yeah. I just want to figure out when I can turn my feet into hands. Like a lot of people have that ability. <laughs> You're right about Marcus. Marcus is, is has a unique handiness to his feet. Same thing with the yeah. tall guy. The tall guy, Ethan. Ob- Ethan. Yeah, yeah. He can like wrap his toes around your forearm. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. But that's like we were talking about that right off the mat. So I started pointing people out. I said they all got hands on their feet. That one does, and that <laughs> one does. There's a whole wall full of people. That he does. Do. Paul, you got hand feet. I didn't. I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird though when like uh, I, I was put in air quotes and you can't see it on podcast. So the last time I rolled with Marcus, he put his foot on my forearm and pinned it to the mat. So I went to pull my forearm out of there, 
and his his little toe fingers, whatever, <laughs> just gripped harder and followed it. So I pushed away trying to get, and they just followed it and followed it and followed it. <laughs> and he was just giggling the whole time, like, this is stupid. <laughs> Toes don't work that way. Why is that working? You know, there is something definitely to that, but it, it's just like anything else, I would assume, just repetition of position and usage and creating pressure. Like, think of how fried your hamstrings were after your first class. Yeah, that was bad. And how much running and squatting and leg curls over the years and stuff have you done? But it's just a different usage, wrapping around and trying to close that guard. Yep. It's just a different set of skills with the same old muscles, you know, and you get better at it all. That learning curve was quick, though, like with the physical conditioning side of it. Like, I don't have, like, I was cramping in my hamstrings yeah, after that yeah. first class. And um, the only thing now is, like, if I, if, I'm playing defense hard. I notice is like my forearms feel like they're about to explode about three minutes into a match. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what kind of what I meant to the fitness thing earlier. Like most people join a gym and kind of maybe did some sports or roughly were into fitness, but they never pursued it to a high level. So I would assume that learning curve is longer. Like I don't get real, I don't get a lot of soreness from rolling and from drilling and stuff or at least not discernible from the the other stuff like the lifting and stuff right maybe i do and i just it's masked but yeah as as a matter of capacity muscular capacity i'm better off than most people cardio is a different conversation (laughs) but but generally yeah that I, i agree with you that learning curve early on disappeared much faster than i've heard other people talking about i mean the big thing i've the only thing I've really had to change is like we've talked about this is like I'm doing this thing called stretching now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that was like I started to notice like I would just be like a brick walking like no fluidity. And so I had to start stretching because I either because I'm older because I'm just holding an isometric yeah. contraction for yeah. three minutes. is That static squeeze yeah. is so much different than most of the stuff we've done for sure. That is one thing I've noticed too. I'm despite doing a mobility centered kind of thing which jujitsu is can i you know roll upside down and all that stuff i'm probably tighter than ever oh yeah you know uh just because of lack of that thing you call stretching yeah stretching and you know actually trying to recover because you want to do it so often right? correct and then eating more food which is weird from a former fat kid it's kind of scary but yeah it's working Tops of your feet look okay. Doesn't look like you skinned them up too bad this week. No, they're good. I, uh, after that initial, you know, when I had calluses or, you know, ripped knuckles across my toes, I had to tape those up for about a week and a half. They've been pretty good. So I think I've calloused the top of my feet. It seems like a lot of those little weird scrapes and nicks and stuff happen a lot really early on, and then they don't more and more, probably because we move better. I think that's it. I think yeah. you're just moving uh, more fluidly and just, yeah, just moving better. Yeah. Just like that wh- when, when did you ever crawl around on your knees on a mat <laughs> right. for years and years and then suddenly you do? Well, you were bad at it. You're dragging your toes and stuff. Yeah, because I noticed that my first couple of weeks, yeah, I was like, oh, man, this is just going to be brutal on like the tops of my feet and like ankles and stuff and other than some bruises and stuff from clanging shins with guys once in a while it's not too bad yeah i got the nice little gash on my shin courtesy of going to uh, advanced rolling last saturday 
This it's from last Saturday. Yeah. A monster. Not yesterday. It's from last, last Saturday. <laughs> monster of a human just. Mahir? Uh, his wife goes too. Um, I think he's a purple belt beard. He's like 6'3", 240 maybe. Oh, Micah. Micah's, yes. a, Micah's yes. a big old boy. Yeah. 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 And he was just like lots of pressure with his shin on my shin. I was like, that's not comfortable. He does, he does a lot of that. Yeah. I'm glad somebody else is getting that treatment too. He is a monster. Yeah, he's a big, big dude. Uh, his have you seen his wife? She was there. Yeah, she that take the back drill that we were talking about earlier that we did in class. She did that on me one time, and then one thing you want to do after you get both hooks in is extend your legs back into theirs to flatten them out to the mat. She did it. Look at her. Look at me. Worked. How's that work? <laughs> but it worked. Man. She's an animal too, man. He's yeah. big and scary, but she's an animal for sure. Yeah. He feels different. Yeah. <laughs> Gravity is a part part of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, my shins are okay. This is actually my my most jujitsu week in a little bit this past week. Kind of full blown back at it, and I guess I scraped a knuckle. That's about it. Means you're not training hard enough, right? It seems like there's a lot of, compared to like beginning of April, like all of April, there seems like there's a lot more people there now. Oh, the last like nine months has been this rebuild from what felt like zero. And then it's just skyrocketing back to this weird skyrocketing state that it was in before shutdown. Yeah. Like, go ahead. I was just say I agree with that. Like it got to the point before the shutdown where there was new people every week like multiple yeah. numbers of new people and i feel like it's getting right back to that now. well in essentials classes especially the line would be back around the black belts yeah back around ish like a it, full square it was most of like yeah like nearly halfway down that wall once in a while and then to the corner every single time okay you know so like, yeah like january february 2020 i guess that is i mean it was just brutal and it, we're rushing right back to that i think it's probably worse quote-unquote worse because people are just itchy and antsy and want to get out of the house more than ever. And do something. You know? So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's going to be, there's going to be a boon time of signups for stuff and people, you know, going to things, obviously. Yeah, well, that bodes well for me working on offense then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That that's the, that's the thing is there's always a plus. There's always a minus. And it, so far, my impression is that the equals changes on a week to week basis. Well, even I think like a uh like a roll to roll basis. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. Cuz there's some you know there's some white belts who you know it's like t- like this first 3 minute go like I can I'm like a step ahead and then the next one it's like I'm 5 steps behind. Mhm. It's like, "Oh, what's going on? Why is this happening?" Well, then you see them next week after they've learned a different technique. And are starting to try to apply it. Well, you've never seen that. Yep. Right? And then you're just getting pancaked the whole time. You go, what the hell happened here? I right. saw you last Wednesday, bro. You know? <laughs> you expect it from, you know, purple belts and brown belts and stuff. But when you're starting to get smashed by your, what you thought were your equals right. rounds, that's, that's forces learning. Right? Yeah. Forces you to get better. And that's, the, I was, me and uh, Tom were talking about that. Which Tom? Dr. Tom. Tall Tom? Heart Dr. Tom, yeah. Tall Tom? Different Tom. Different Tom? So many Toms. White people. 
We got like 12 names. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking. He went on. Oh, big, White Belt Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, he, okay. he went on like. We used to have Tall Tom, Short Tom, and Regular Size Tom. <laughs> and then Short Tom moved and that threw off the whole thing. So now it's Tall Tom, Regular Size Tom, and White Belt Tom. Tom. Tall Tom is also a doctor, so that makes that's it what I'm saying. So <laughs> yeah. You can't just have Doctor Tom. Yeah, that's why. So it's gonna have to be White Belt Tom, and when he becomes a blue belt, he's still gonna be White Belt Tom. It's just <laughs> I have decreed. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. But he was saying he brought his gi when he went on vacation to train in like Phoenix, and he went to a, a couple gyms, and he's like, he was saying like 90 percent of the white belts at M Theory could tap almost every blue belt at the gyms he went to. So that makes me actually never want to train at another gym when I travel and then get my ass kicked as I know I would and then just be like, man, <laughs> we're supposed to be so good. So I then that's that's one thing I've, I don't like I, I ha- haven't figured out yet is how like different professors, instructors, what does ish like to be called ish? But it like I told you this, you texted me this. I know, but, but I probably gave you a bullshit answer. Yeah, you though. did. Yeah. You gave me a smart ass answer <laughs> yeah. for sure. What did I say? Do you remember? Something you just go I go, what I said, what is ish like to be called and you responded dot 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 ish. Oh something like I sh- that. I must have said sweetheart or something first, because that's how I talk to people. But is it just because he doesn't seem like and that was one thing too that has always like kind of wearied me uh worried not wearied. Put me off about yes. martial arts is yes. just like the pomp and circumstance yes. around it. And that you don't have that with jujitsu, by and large. No, and it's like he doesn't seem like no. You call him Ishmael. I think, yeah, I think I think he's okay with that. But if you're ever, I think Professor always works. If you're yeah. ever in doubt for anything, that's why. Black like belt, I think when Professor just always works. When right? uh, Oleg got his black belt, I we put up the post on the social media. Congratulations, Professor Oleg! Like you are now there whatever version of like there is you know what i mean you it's a certain status and it comes with expectations and all that but it isn't like you know rex quando <laughs> you know or king of the demo bullshit where like you are less than or more than so it just, it just choke you out pretty regularly is all yeah like i'm still trying to figure out like the whole not like the hierarchy but like you know when you're a black belt like what does that mean do you have any extra responsibilities as being a part of the gym or i'm i I don't know i don't actually know despite all the conversations i've had with black belts on this podcast i don't know how formal how much formal change in like status and expectation is there you know uh i know no is a strong word let's put it in air quotes i know that as you acquire stripes as a black belt it's sort of like in every three years you get a stripe, I think, as a black belt. But a part of that is an expectation that you are training and teaching and somehow like involved in the community. Okay. I don't know how like formalized the structure is. I don't know anything of what I just said. It's just sort of the impression I, I have at this point, you know? Yeah, because it's like I don't know like can... You know, I do a couple of privates with Marcus. I'm like, okay, like I just want to see somebody else's style. Could I be like, hey, Ethan, can you do a private? Yeah, absolutely. But does he? I don't know. That's his choice. You know, that's that's. I mean, I I don't know that it's like a. You, he would be. He definitely wouldn't be obligated to say yes and then do it. I guess is the actual answer. 
But if you wanted to go over to Minnesota Top Team, you know, and because one, you want to take class with Marcus or something because he teaches out there too, but you wanted to get a sense for Jeremy's teaching style, then you go do it. Okay. You know, and most of them pretty well encourage training elsewhere too, you know. And like, if you're going to travel, yeah, pop in somewhere and get some training in, you know, like it, that is, is pervasively accepted, I think in, in jujitsu culture as a whole, you know, that it's not, you don't have a strict lineage and it's not like a hierarchy and like a cage you need to stay into at all. Okay. So it's kind of like, like you would at a CrossFit, like if you're traveling, you want to drop into a box. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And probably similar relationship to the owners and instructors if i'm being honest okay. you know what i mean yeah. like it, like it's there's like respect there and consideration and this and that and whatever but like fundamentally i pay my dues to come here i owe you not too much beyond that other than what i might self-assign okay you know yeah they're just trying to learn that piece of it too it's like Cause when I go to a main, I don't want to sound like an idiot around like, yeah, some real life killers. Yeah. And, but it's the thing it's that I kind of had that same thing. Cause your impression of martial arts from movies and from like traditional martial arts communities is very hierarchical and very formal and gross is actually the word that comes to mind. But I, I, I wouldn't worry about too much of that. Yeah. Cause but, I haven't felt that at all. At Yeah. Definitely. Board shorts, sweatshirts, walk in, stretch out a little bit, <laughs> you know, blaze a J on your way in if that's your thing. <laughs> I mean, it's falling me. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's definitely just like a much more chill culture. You, you'll hear about the contrast with like wrestling rooms because they're both like grappling. Yeah. Right. But if you've ever been in high school or college wrestling room, bruh, whole different thing, you know. Oh, yeah. It's a completely different energy, and there's a multiple layers of contrast with other similar pursuits. I think. What are you doing in Maine? Tell me about Maine. You just you said you're going to Maine. I'm gonna do the Origin Immersion Camp, eight days of three by ninety minutes of training. Is that what it is? Yeah. Ninety minute session morning, ninety no, minute midday, yeah. ninety in the evening. Yep. Yo. I think I'll be a little better when I come back. But I have a feeling it'll be like trying to drink through it like a fire hose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That it seems like the perfect analogy. Just just drowning in information that you're unable to, to fully uh, utilize, right? But from what I've, ta- I've heard is it's a pretty good like balance of there will be a lot of white belts. There's a lot of blue belts. There's a sure. lot of you know, purple, brown, blacks. So. So it should be a good time, I guess. They fly instructors in from Brazil. Um, and then I think last time they had like 35 instructors there. How many people go there typically? Do you I know? think it's roughly around 200. Oh, nice. So not gigantic. No. You can still have functional training spaces. and Yeah, yeah they With do. With 35 instructors? That's from what I've gathered. That's yeah. an amazing ratio, actually. Yeah. They have a ton of black belts there. Yeah. Um, so should be fun. Origins that the brand attached to Jocko. Yep. The So it's like he puts it on with uh Dean Lister. Lister, yeah. Yeah. 
what prompted that? Why? How? Uh, because you told me about this. So like when I got three days after you started training jujitsu, <laughs> you were going to the Origin Immersion Camp. So when I got into it, um, I was texting with JP, and he was all pumped for me. Who's JP? JP works for Jocko. Yeah. Um, he runs the field training exercises for Echelon Front. Right. Um, and he's like, oh, I was like, oh, the camp looks like it's sold out. And like 10 minutes later, he texts me. He goes, I just text so-and-so. She's one of the owners of Origin. It's not sold out. Go sign up. And I was like, hold on. Let me talk to my wife first. It's going to be like <laughs> four grand to do yeah. this. And, and then I text my wife and she's like, I don't care what you do. And I was like, text him. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Booked my flight and paid for the camp. It's so. pretty sweet, man. Is that six words to keep a marriage together? I don't care what you do. Is that it? Paul, you're always nodding. It's worked for like 19 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be brutal. I mean, is it, is there certain vibes to certain sessions? I haven't looked into it other than just like casually. It's like his morning session, a lot of drilling where it's hard rolling in the afternoon or. I've my half ass research that I've done. Yeah. Cause I don't want to get super excited cause it's like three months away. Yeah. Um, I, I feel from what I've gathered midday is nogi. Oh, sure. Um, and then I believe it's like more live goes at night and then like you're saying, like learning in the morning. Sure. And so, then, yeah, a little more instructional uh, repetition and drilling in the morning. No geese, live goes, maybe rolling midday and then they throw you in the ghee old school as the sun goes down. I believe. <laughs> and then there's lobster dinner every night. Yeah? Yeah. Be a bitch if you're allergic to that shit. <laughs> You're in for a rough camp. But if you're not, it sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, for the rest of us, though. So when I know more, I will uh, fact check myself. Yeah, somebody's already doing it. They're listening right now. When is it again? Uh, The last week of August. I fly into Portland on Saturday, and I fly out the following Monday. Do you know the average temperatures in this country in the last week of August? I don't, but I feel like it's going to be brutal hot. It's northern Maine. I mean, I don't. Isn't are they are they farther north than us? Yeah. Was I see the world on a map, not a globe? How much farther? Are they like way know. up there Maybe where like it's going to be superior cool? level? So yeah, Maybe. some cool breezes and stuff. There's oceans out there, right? Well, it's like it's on a. <laughs> it's close to Canada. It's at like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's cold in Canada, right? It's on a lake. Apparently, the like the camp it's at is like one of the most like pristine prestigious like lodging camps in maine sure it looks gorgeous not on the first week of september it's not yeah well after this fucking sweaty mess (laughs) it's always it feels like it's 90 degrees in the gym some days when it's a foggy and steamy wait till it's wait till january is even hotter somehow (laughs) it's a long-standing managerial conspiracy Notice how the fans haven't been turned on yet in the gym? Trying to get people in shape quick. Get me dehydrated quick. I was just going to say, Monday night was... Everybody was, was talking about Monday. one of the tougher environment uh, as far as temperature-wise inside that gym and the feeling inside that gym. That was one of the tougher nights I remember in the last however many years I've been going now. I wasn't there. <laughs> You know what's made a world of a difference? Yes. What do you got? A r- real rash guard. Tell me why. 
my chest doesn't look like a pepperoni pizza anymore. <laughs> like I was breaking out so bad. Like, oh, and then I haven't had that issue. And then the other thing is, are you the guy that marked up the mat with the unwashed rash guard? Well, no, because I've never rolled no gi. Oh, okay. W- wash, pre-wash that stuff. Because it marks up the the, mats. the white mats. If you saw that bluish looking yeah. spot, yeah, that's an un unpre-washed. Is it the gears or the rash guard? It's a rash guard. Did I say gi? I'm sorry, I meant rash guard. Oh, I thought it was the gis that you said rash guard. You okay. said rash guard. I yeah. thought it was the gis that stand. Yeah, the like mats. somebody come in with a blue gi. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think some rash guards do it worse than others, and you need to pre-wash them. Ish explained it to me one time, like a certain material or something. Either way, just wash that shit before you get to the gym with that it. and it keeps me like exponentially cooler yeah yeah i'm super like not super but i've half jokingly have seriously taken a stance against rash guards because they just always look so douchey all the time i would get one just the design like and whatnot but it's gonna be weird when i do that competition because i can't wear a rash guard you have to be underneath your gi yeah you have to be bare chest that's gonna like i was like how do i because you know how like you ask your athletes to get a, a you know a mock meet in in their singlets like, yeah yeah get used to the gear yeah yeah so like but we have to wear rash guards or shirts underneath our geese so how do you get used to that which i just wear it around my house you could probably jump onto the um like the, i think i i could be wrong about this but i think the reason that like we wear rash guards at m theory i think is just to make it a little bit more comfortable for everybody you just set a rule and so there's no yeah nobody outside that preference has to worry or whatever right i I think so but if you if you talked to ryan and ishmael about that and said you just wanted to get a get a day in where you're rolling without a rash guard before the competition you especially at like a morning class i don't think it would be an issue or i don't want to speak for them or like if i do a private with marcus yeah yeah yeah, exactly and also how much of a difference i gonna make who cares then why do you ask your athletes to squat in a singlet before a meet i don't know i was recognizing <laughs> yes i was recognizing that i know that's a, a relatively common tactic and I, I have when depth has been a serious concern on squats you know yeah so we get a clearer picture of it because stripy pants can be deceiving or whatever but i don't okay <laughs> so there <laughs> so take that ray yeah. <laughs> i could even be lying right now but i won that little interchange it's jujitsu yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, you won't even notice. To that same point, like I've had multiple people, like regular folk, trying powerlifting, and they're weirded out by the stupid singlet thing, this weird outfit they have to wear, and they feel like they're gonna look gross in it, and they are. But so is everybody else. Right. We all look silly in it. The second you're there with that on, and you need to pay attention to timing and stuff, you forget entirely. Right. You won't even notice that you don't have a rash guard on under your gi. I guarantee it. Okay. Well. Yeah. I'm- have you ever worn a singlet? I don't think. Have you ever competed in powerlifting? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah. When are you going to compete in jujitsu? God. Tough crowd. Black belt to white belt. Every time they come on here. There's a fundraiser coming up. Which one? I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess it up again. Tap out cancer. Tap cancer out. Tap God, cancer. Ray. <laughs> uh. I will be taking photos that day. Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. And so when That's you, my contribution. When you roll, I'll grab the camera from you. 
<laughs> no. There's a competition coming up in Chicago in July that I just got a text message from Dan O'Mano that he uh, registered like five minutes ago. The one that Powderbomb signed up for? Yep. That's It's not a charitable thing, though, is it? No, it's yeah. IBJJF. But I'm going to be in Chicago that same weekend for a Jersey oh, soccer sweet. tournament. Yep. You're going to be able to go even though there's soccer going on? Yeah, because her tournaments are they're just one game a day. They're showcases. They're not technically tournaments. So they just play one game a day. So I'll for sure be able to. Nice. When is that? Chicago? Uh, I believe the Chicago competition is the 10th and 11th. Saturday, Sunday. Of I'll be there. Month? I'll be there Thursday. July? July. Yeah, yeah, July. July. Uh, I let me totally backtracking. I loosely have a lifting competition idea for this year, relating to trying to use it as a springboard for raising funds for something. So my answer is not this year. How about that? That's the most affirmative. Why? When are you going to compete? Answer I've given anybody on All this right. podcast. So so twenty twenty two. Not this year. God, is it twenty twenty one? Fucking oh. Don't pin me down, Ray. <laughs> this is my show. I'll ask the questions. It's the only way I can pin you down. On is with words. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised, man. You'd be super surprised. There are no less than it's either six or seven former power lifters at M Theory right now. Shavong's competed. What? Shavong did two or three meets. Uh I was at both of them. I didn't know him at the time. USAPL, H- Hank, Hank Hunter. I don't know who Hunter is. Is Hunter uh, the, the tall, good-looking white kid? belt? Yeah. No, the mon- who's the monster of a child that comes? Uh, he bikes there. He's huge. Max. Max. That's who I thought you were talking. Big about. Sully. Yeah. Big Sully, Max. That one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the monster of a child. That's so. That's actually a good point, White Belt Ray. I was at a tournament a week ago, two weeks ago, taking photos at the Grappling Industries one here in Minneapolis, and there were kids and young folks competing as white belts who clearly were not white belts. And what I'm saying is, when you joined Ray, you are a white belt. I largely am, but was a white belt. Polly, when you joined Jiu-Jitsu, you were a white belt. These kids and or young people spent six years working through the kids' belts, and now they're adult white belts. That seems like some bullshit to me. <laughs> like, you need to put some asterisks on that white belt or just get, let them go straight to blue. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. like, when they turn 16, I'm trying to think. I feel like... There's no way these people... When Max turns 16, he'll probably get a blue belt, right? Yeah, I think Possibly. so. Possibly. But it must not be altogether that way, unless I'm just totally misinterpreting it, and I was just in awe at some kids who were way better than me at jujitsu. Because I was watching these white belts do jujitsu, and I'm like, "That's not white belt jujitsu. Right. <laughs> Where the fuck do they train?" It doesn't seem fair. Well, because that's what I was trying to think. Like, if Sutton sticks, she loves it. If she sticks with it, she's four years old. So by yeah. the time she turns 16, she'll have 12 years of training under her belt. She'll think about murder that. people. Yeah, think about it. Think about all those kids. Like, there's two. There's a kid at top team. What's his name? I took pictures of him. Sebastian. No, kid, kid, kid. Like Dash. Oh. Uh, yeah. Shoot. What's his name? Dash is the kid at, at M Theory. There's yep. a kid at Minnesota top team. They had three no gi bouts last weekend, 
and three gi bouts. And this is the most intense, impressive, amazing shit I ever seen in my life. These two kids. And they've been at it, each of them, for five years. They're like nine or whatever. I'm going to find So, yeah, it. in 10 years, what? <laughs> yeah, like that's what? what Marcus said, commented that on your like Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine these kids in, in yeah. 10 years from now. And, he, and he's an example of the same thing, just to a lesser degree. He started at, what, 14 or 15, Marcus did? He's 24. I, I believe yeah. so. Right? He's a and, wizard. And it's like, what the fuck? So then, yeah, you take someone who started even younger... Like they're still developing basic motor patterns and guard, you know, yeah. like their grasping skills were still getting good and they're working on grip fighting, you know, and then, yeah, add 10 years. What the fuck? Leon. Leon. Shout out to Leon. Sorry, Leon. Well, that's even like Ish's daughter. Like, yeah. So when she turns 16, she's going to be a white belt and she trained. <laughs> no, she won't. Blue belt. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is I maybe that's not a universal thing, but... I'm I'm trying to remember there there when I was first starting out there was a younger kid I think his name was Dante if I remember right but I'm pretty sure if I remember right Ishmael gave him his blue belt like for his 16th birthday something like something along those yeah, lines yeah, yeah. it's weird that kid was really good and I haven't seen him since how long have you been so, training uh, a little over five years so when does it feel like you're getting better. Because that's the the thing. It's like every time I leave, I'm like, am I worse than I was when like I started? I felt that way my entire purple belt. <laughs> <laughs> entire purple belt? Yeah. Well, that's not fair. So no, no. like all um, the way through blue, you know, you were better and better and better relative to this like rank that you have around your waist. We were blue with four stripes. Think of it in that context. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how to say this intelligently because most things I say come out stupid. Yeah. Um, it'll be a while before you feel like you're getting better for sure. It just, it just will be at least six months before you even feel like, oh, I kind of get what's going For me, that was that way. It was like at least six months before I was like, all right, I kind of get what's happening now. Like I kind of know what I should be doing. I'm just late on it because I had to think about it. And then you get to the point where, you know, you, you're getting close to blue belt. You'll you'll feel like you know something. And that all said, Jaffe. Do you, do you know Jaffe? From he's over at Prodigy now. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said it to me when I first got my blue belt. He goes, it's "So bittersweet." He goes, "You just went from being the best white belt in the room to the worst blue belt." <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking but, true. Yeah, it'll just ebb and flow like that. You'll feel like, oh man, I'm getting the hang of something, and then you're like, wow, nothing I do works anymore. I feel like the first, let's just throw numbers out there. You said six months. Let's go with six months. Yeah. It was six months of things are happening to me, and I don't know why. I don't know what, and I don't know why. I felt the need to tap just now because that person was hurting part of me somehow, <laughs> right? I'm thinking of Dave Scora, actually. <laughs> Those are the specific instances in my brain. And then there was a period where all that same thing happened, but I watched pieces of it happen, right? Yeah. Like suddenly this person was past my legs and then on top of me, and I watched that arm get pulled over my head. You know, yep. I was still useless. I have no idea. But I was able to observe what was happening, and that helped me kind of internalize the the what's and the why's a little bit. Like, oh, I pushed my legs down, and then he was on top of me, and then he 
pulled an elbow away from the body, which meant he could arm lock me. Cool. That reminds me of essentials class stuff that I've heard them talk about. You know what I mean? It's like these phases of less and less deep in the shit. Okay. And I had a, I think I even mentioned it to Ishmael, maybe a couple other people, is like this last week was actually really fun. It was partly because it was my first like week of training. Like I want to be there every single day, you know, and it's been a little if last couple months. But it was all, I was also enjoying the roles. Like, it's the first time where I was like, this has been fun this week. Like, I thought about messaging some people like, hey, that was really fun. Thanks, man. And that's like a year and a half or two years later or whatever. Because, like, I was trying stuff and I was trying stuff against the stuff that they were trying. Which I feel like might be jujitsu. I'm no expert, but you're trying <laughs> things and I'm trying things and we're both trying things in response to the other things the other person's trying. So I think maybe I'm in the phase where I feel like I'm kind of almost getting better. And that might also be because I didn't roll with anybody brown belt or higher this week. (laughs) There's always that, you know, I mean, it's because like you said in the very beginning, it's, it's endless. The frame of reference only gets bigger and broader and, and more discouraging <laughs> in a way. Well, not, I I don't mind because I, I know I don't know what I don't know. And that's fine. It's just like, I just want like one time to be like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. Well, and there'll be thousands of those. And there'll be thousands of, I'm guessing, the hell do I know? There'll be thousands of like the days where you're like, man, that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. I felt like I got better. But it's sitting in a massive pool of what the fucks yep. yeah right but that's how because if it was you had three kicks and three punches you you know that's the skill set you work on refining that skill set you work on getting better at using that skill set but it's like hundreds of thousands of tools right you know it's a long time it seems to me someone who doesn't know those tools it's a long time to some degree of comfort with a lot of the tools so just keep your fucking elbows at your ribs yep, that's- and your shoulders at your ears and try to slow your breathing down and go with that. Yeah, like my whole goal, like the other thing I've been trying to do is like, okay, well, if I'm going to roll with like one of you two, it's like, okay, don't let them submit you this way. And that's like, I'll go like, okay, no arm bars. Like, don't let them arm bar you. Don't let them arm bar you. I don't, grab your collar and lay on the floor. Like, <laughs> It's got your back, but I can't do shit with it. Yeah. It's sort of the same logic of what Marcus said for for tap cancer out. It was like, pick a thing, do your damnedest to get to that thing. Same sort of deal. Pick a thing to defend against and try to stay out of that position. I kind of like that logic. Yeah, I, I agree for sure with that. You're starting to talk more. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to the podcast, so he, he knows that you chime in like once. That's it. I mean, yeah, it's it's fun. And the other thing I've noticed, too, it's like when I roll with certain people, I notice. I can't remember her name. Brown belt, cornrows. Aquila. Aquila. Like whenever I roll with her, I end up like in the weirdest like stacks. Like we always end up like she'll be like on her shoulder and her head and like I'll be over the like stacked on top of her. Like we always end up in these weird, crazy positions where. Like before Ryan Randy busted up his knee, 
mm-hmm. like I would always end up like with his feet on my shoulders for some reason. Like, and then it seems like with who I roll with, we always end up either here or here. It means you're a squirrely bastard. Huh? It means you're a squirrely bastard if you keep ending up in weird spots with people. It's only it's only with her oh. that we end up in these oh, like weird, okay, crazy okay. positions. Just do your best not get killed with, yeah. with Aquila. She's scary. Yeah, man. That's an intimidating person. She's fantastic. Yeah. That's intimidating. I had my first liver kick last weekend at uh, comp training. That felt great. From Aquila? No, from oh my uh, God. purple belt with like white hair. Girl. Heidi. Yeah, she uh, went to go um, feet on my hips, and I, like, turned a little bit. Heel caught me right in the kidney, or liver. It felt fantastic. Did you fall over? I just went, she's like, what happened? I was like, you kicked me in the liver. (laughs) Then I was, like, laying there, like, in my self-misery, like, how do these UFC guys take, like, hard kicks and just take it and stand there? Dude. Yeah, man. That's... Because they're fucking gladiators. Yeah, and it's like if you once you get just the slightest hint of like the pressure of having someone on top of you, not punching you, not ground and pounding, but just being on top of you or incidental strikes like that, like you're just describing. And then yeah, you go back and watch actual fighters fight, and that's exactly right. The only takeaway from that is what in the fuck? How did they do that? Yeah, because I was like, I haven't had a you know a liver shot in probably fifteen years. I was like, this doesn't feel good. Like, how do people do this <laughs> on a daily basis? Speaking of liver shots, should we do some liver shots? Yeah. I can yeah. go for a burbies. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'll go grab one. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. 